Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am so excited about today's guest who is joining me. We are talking to Ash Burnside, who is a burnout coach for overworking online entrepreneurs, helping them to find space for themselves between the demands of business and real life. And I know burnout is something that a lot of us have struggled with at one time or another, and I am so excited you are here. I would love for you to start off and just tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in business and what your journey has looked like. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, the journey is long and windy. So I'm going to try to condense this. I started an online business in marketing first, and I was in marketing for a while. I mean, I've worked in marketing for probably six or seven years at this point, doing a myriad of different things. I've done social media management. I have done copywriting. I really took copywriting for a while and kind of went down the rabbit hole of like funnel building and advanced marketing strategies. And I loved it for a long time, but that was ultimately to where that led me to my burnout. This was 2020. So not only is marketing in and of itself, it can be very burnout inducing because there's always new trends. There's always a new platform. There's ever the Instagram change to stay on top of. And like the number of strategies is never going to slow down. So trying to stay on top of the industry and just to stay relevant and just to make sure that like I'm serving my clients in the way that they need best, like that in and of itself is a lot when you work in marketing. But then 2020 hit. And so, you know, now we're like nine months into I was quarantine parenting. I have three boys. And so trying to, you know, make sure that they all are getting what they need while also trying to maintain a business at home while also like trying to do kindergarten and preschool, which is a joke. Um, it all just kind of ended up being a lot. And I had my own um, mental and physical struggles during this time. And it just kind of like literally came crashing down. I had been avoiding like really helping myself for a while. And it came to a point where I couldn't even work in my business. I had to take basically like an emergency sabbatical to get help and just like really, really slow down. So if anything, I think my story is kind of like a warning of like, hey, don't do it that way. Please listen to your internal, your internal clock when it's telling you to like, hey, we're burning out because I didn't and it was awful. So I ended up after that, taking a full-time job for about a year, just so I could recover and work at a pace that was more sustainable and really kind of rediscover like, who is me? What do I like? Uh, I think that's really one of the insidious parts of burnout is that it kind of crowds you out of your own life until you don't really recognize who you are anymore. So it's been kind of going through that journey and going through and the the healing of that, coming back from burnout, doing all of the recovery at my job, I started, I didn't even realize this was happening, but I was starting to coach everyone around me because I had these strategies and, you know, I was able to show up consistently in a way that felt really good, even when things were intense, because I still worked in marketing. It was just in a job setting instead of in business. 
And so I started teaching some of them. And then I got invited to be a coach for someone else's program as a burnout coach in their program, coaching other entrepreneurs into if they're in burnout, how do we get outside of it? And that really kind of opened my eyes to the coaching world and also to, man, just how prevalent burnout really, really is. And now we're here. It really is. I love that you've taken what you've learned and how you overcame it and are now helping others because burnout is awful. Like I experienced it with my jewelry business, which is how we initially connected like many years ago. (laughs) And it was terrible. I never realized that burnout would feel like that. Like I went eight months where I didn't pick up any of my jewelry materials to make any, like I was just so done with it all. I was just so exhausted felt like I was on this hamster wheel, not able to keep up with demand. And it was just, it's so funny because it's like what your initial goal was, you've accomplished it, but now you've accomplished it in a way that you've kind of lost yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And it takes away all the magic and the want of like having the goal in the first place. And we don't really realize We want the goal, but we don't just want the physical aspects of the goal. We don't just want like the revenue number. We want to feel good when we get there. And burnout kind of takes all of that away. Like, sure, you have it, but like at what cost? Yeah, it's a really hard cost to bear when you really aren't making yourself a priority. I mean, I ended up putting that jewelry business on hold for those eight months. I was like, maybe I'll get my love for it back. I'll just take a pause And I never did. And I ended up selling it. I'm like, oh, if I'd sold it right away, it would have been worth more. (laughs) But I gave myself that space to make sure it was the right decision and see if I could overcome burnout and find my passion again, which didn't happen. But I found my passion elsewhere, which (laughs) I think is good. And I think it's interesting because once you experience burnout, you now realize like the warning signs. I totally did not (laughs) at the time. And I think you said something similar where you didn't even realize you were experiencing it. Yeah. And I think that is kind of the scary part. Obviously, it's it's one of the most rewarding parts of what I do now of being able to validate in other people. Like, I think this is burnout. Being like, yes, you're correct. That is burnout. (laughs) Let's let's take some setbacks here. Because that is really scary when you're in it and you don't have words for it. So not only do you feel crappy and you feel this like sense of disconnect, but like, you don't have words to articulate how you're feeling. I think that can be even more disorienting and lead to a lot darker paths of that people don't talk about. Like people talk about, you know, the word burnout, but that is such a powerful word, being able to label something that feels awful and is happening to you. Because once you can label it, now you have a path forward. Now it doesn't have power over you. That's so true and so powerful because I know we hear a lot about burnout, but you're right. We usually don't go deeper into it. And it's such a huge word that there's so many other things attached to burnout, especially when you're going through it. That is something that I talk about a lot of like, what is burnout really? Because like, yeah, there's this, you know, there's the symptoms of burnout and obviously like you and I have been through it. So like we have our own personal markers of like, this is what burnout feels inside of me. But in the more that I've researched and the more that I've helped, the more that I realize that burnout is a state of being that is also a symptom of something else. So I love the idea of like root cause of getting down, like what's actually happening and burnout happens because something else is happening. So burnout is a symptom of being disconnected from yourself. 
Burnout is a symptom of not honoring maybe those intuitive nudges that are telling you that you need to do something different and ignoring your own signs. Like that's your own intuition, your own body telling you like, hey, do something different. This isn't working. Burnout is a symptom of not trusting yourself. It's a symptom of not having space for yourself. And like all of these things are things that we need in our lives and in our business to in order to to make impact for ourselves and in order to like, again, arrive to the goal in a healthy, sustainable way with our whole self and not just the physical marker of like, yeah, we did it, but we lost so much of ourselves along the way. What was the cost? And it's it's interesting too. I know there was people in my life who I would say, what's the good word here? They're very realist. They were like, why are you so overwhelmed and burnt out? You hit your goal. You should be happy and excited. And I'm like, that's just not how I'm feeling right now. It's not about the money. That's why I'm so focused on like sustainability when I'm building my business now. I feel like and managing my energy, setting boundaries, all the things I know I need to do in order to avoid that happening ever again. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's almost an iceberg, you know, the traditional view of the iceberg we all see where it's like everyone sees this little triangle above the water. So like, yeah, they might see that like you're unmotivated, but like you hit all of your goals and they're like, well, what the heck? And they don't see eh, this massive thing that is beneath the surface of like how we feel internally, what's going on and like the absolute panic that in chaos that's happening internally. Yeah. I think with service providers in particular, especially marketing, because it's always changing, but really any kind of service provider who works with clients and is trying to keep revenue coming in and keep growing their business, feeling like they have to be everywhere. Like pretty much any online entrepreneur, it's so easy to get stuck in burnout because you just feel like you have to be everywhere. You always have to be on and showing up. And I know some people are like, oh, I want a 50K, 100K launch. And I'm like, I don't. I want slow, sustainable growth. (laughs) I do not want to snap my fingers and have this huge revenue burst because that would just terrify me that things are going too quickly. (laughs) So what would you say is your number one tip for recovering from burnout? If somebody is currently feeling like they're going through burnout right now and is trying to figure out what their next step should be. Ooh, this is a really good question. So my number one tip for just like where to find your bearings is to start trying to tune in to like where are your natural rhythms? Because that's the first thing that we overlook that eventually leads to burnout is we've ignored all of our own signals, whether they're emotional, psychological, physical. So starting to tap back into like, what are those? Where are you in your own rhythms? Are you connected to those anymore? Because this is the first thing that happens is I typically take people through this process of what are your rhythms? And then the usual answer is I have no idea because we've ignored them for so long. So the first thing that I say, as far as like first steps and finding those natural rhythms, like just take 10 minutes, (laughs) take a 10 minute break. My biggest recommendation is to do this three times per day. So 10 minutes, three times per day. Normally you do like 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes in the evening. And of course you can add to that, but 10 minutes, like it doesn't matter how chaotic or how urgent things feel, you can take 10 minutes. So take 10 minutes and do nothing. 
absolutely nothing. I say this time is supposed to be for two reasons. One, it's you're doing something for your body and you're doing something for your mind. So the thing for your body can be like stretch lightly and mindlessly for 10 minutes or sit in a chair for 10 minutes, sip water for 10 minutes, like something very simple for your body that is just kind of helping you to like tap back into you. And then your mind, the thing you're doing for your mind is nothing, nothing. You're not journaling. You're not listening to a meditation. You're not like, you know, popping in a podcast that you want to catch up on. Like the idea here is that you are allowing rest and you are creating that like micro piece of space for yourself to start to exist in that 10 minutes, because that's going to help you start to come back to you and start to hear and get back in tune with what do you actually need right now? I'm curious because this is kind of a selfish question for myself, because (laughs) as you were saying that, I was thinking like, I take a lot of breaks, but I never do nothing. I'm always doing something. (laughs) I also tend to be a really big overthinker. Like my mind never shuts off. So if somebody is like that and they try to do nothing for 10 minutes and their mind just won't stop, (laughs) what would your advice be for that? This is a great question. And it's also really common. So don't feel like you're the odd one out or anything like that, or anyone listening. If you also feel like this, not the odd one out, definitely. This is something that is very common. So what we want to do is we want to do simple things. Again, like you're allowed to allow yourself to rest. But what we're trying to do then is in these simple tests that we can do is kind of put up guardrails where we're not engaging our mind in like this really hard, like you got to solve these problems in this little break because that's what we do, right? We're always catching up. We're doing little things that help keep us on this one nourishing task that's going to allow the break. But to again, like not let our brain wander and overthink and, and freak out about things. So the first thing that I like to do is a gratitude list is something that's really, really simple. So 10 minutes and just gratitude. And it doesn't matter how many things you come up with. If you come up with 30 things in a 10 minute span, great. If you come up with five, that's also fine. The idea is that like, again, we're just putting guardrails on, we're giving ourselves little mental boundaries of like, this is the thing I'm going to think about. And it's going to feel good to think about these things. So gratitude list is a good one. The other one that I suggest is it's a control list. This one's especially useful for people that struggle with anxiety. So what I have you do is you can draw either a line down the center of a paper or draw a circle in the middle of a paper, big circle. And on one side of the page or on the outside of the circle, you're going to write down all of the things that you do not have control over. You don't have control over the fact that so-and-so on the launch team didn't get you the stuff in time. You can't control that. You can't control that there was traffic today. You can't control that there's stormy weather. You can't control that your internet lost connection. Like what are all the things that you don't have control over? And they can be things that are happening in that day. If you can't think of that day, that's fine. Go to yesterday. Think about the past week, all the things you didn't control. And then you want to refocus that on the things in the inside of the circle or the other side of the page. You're going to put things that you do control. Think about what those things are like. Okay. I have control over choosing my emotions. I had control over choosing I was going to eat a yogurt this morning. I had control over putting on this shirt today. And so it can be anything. Like this can be very simple. But what were the choices that you made? So I love this activity specifically, especially because of the anxiety. This is something that I had to do because I've always struggled with anxiety too. Me too. (laughs) This does two different things. So one, this starts to pull your awareness into all the things that you can't control, which is a lot. But also for people with anxiety, we think about all the things we can't control all the time. And like, that's where most of our anxiety is going all of the time. Like, oh, these things. So starting to see them visually of like, holy cow, 
I can only control the things in the circle and everything else I can't, which means everything else does not deserve your energy. But the things in the circle, the other thing that's going to happen, the more that you start to do this, and as you allow your brain to do this task, this activity, you're going to start to realize how much power you do have and the things that really, really matter. So when we can disengage our energy from the things that give us anxiety, from the things that we can't control, and instead put that towards the things that we do, we have so much more agency over our lives. So it really kind of helps to put you back in the driver's seat in this very simple task. I love that. I'm going to try that. that activity. Cause yeah, I'm definitely somebody who suffers from anxiety and I think that's a part of why it's hard to shut my brain off sometimes. And I'm always thinking about like what I have to do today, what I have to do tomorrow, what I have to remember, especially it's worse at night when I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> that's when it's the worst, but I know there's definitely ways to help avoid that overthinking anxiety mindset, nature of constantly swirling around the things that you have to do because otherwise it's just so exhausting to always be thinking about what I have to do and then you never actually do them (laughs) you're just thinking about it and wasting energy on them and then not actually using the energy to actually do the things (laughs) right exactly awesome so for anyone else out there listening who has experienced burnout what are some of the ways that we can prevent burnout from happening again or coming back. So this is one I already said, but natural rhythms is a huge one. Starting to tap in and understand like, what are your natural rhythms and how can you start to honor them? This looks different for everybody. And some people kind of take this the wrong way. They're like, oh, well, my natural rhythm means that, you know, I would sleep for this long. And these are the, like, this can look very different. That's why I want to say like the range that is, I don't want to say even normal because there is no such thing in this aspect. Allow yourself to just feel into what would feel good for you. What do you actually need to feel really strong and really present and really joyful? Because whatever you need to do that, that is part of what would become your rhythm. I'm someone that likes to sprint basically at work. Like I will have probably four or five days a week, maybe where like it's go, 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 go. And I love that. But then after that period, I need a solid like five days after that, where I'm not talking to anybody. There's no sprint. Everything's very fluid. Like the things I have to do during the day are pretty simple. They're not like big brain tasks that I have to do, but that's what works for me because that's my natural rhythm. So that would be the first task. Find out what are yours and what are the things that you can start to do. You don't have to change your whole business or life right away. One little shift that you can make to honor that rhythm. The other thing that is so important in recovering from burnout and then preventing it from happening again is strengthening your self-trust. This is so huge because one of the reasons why burnout comes in in the first place is because we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to make the right decision. We don't trust ourselves to know that we have the right skill set to either make the outcome happen that we want or to get to the place that we want to get to. So we end up giving our power away in a lot of weird places. So It can show up in innocuous ways like hiring a coach, which is a great thing in and of itself. But if we're constantly seeking external sources of either validation or someone to make our choices for us, that can start to erode our self-trust because, oh, well, this coach or this course told me to do this thing, but like, I don't know if that's going to work for me. And either two things are going to happen. You're either going to listen to your self-trust, which is not going to happen if you're burnt out or recovering from burnout, or you're going to look for another choice now. You're going to go look externally for another voice to tell you whether that one was true or not, instead of just listening into like, what did you actually have to say about that? What was your initial thought? What was your gut reaction? Because that one was the one that was right. 
So starting to strengthen that relationship to yourself again, so that you know, what are you trying to say to yourself? What is that internal compass? Because that internal compass is never going to lead you back into burnout. That internal compass is that sense of like intuition and like healthy emotional rootedness in yourself. I say self-centered, like not in a bad way, self-centered in a way that like you're strong in your healthy sense of like how you view yourself and how you move through the world. And when you have that, no one can topple you back over. Nothing can suck you back into burnout because you are so strongly rooted into that. But that takes time. And part of that, again, is not only in the natural rhythms, but again, like listening into like what gut response are you getting in the things that you're doing? That's probably one reason why introverts in particular probably tend to suffer and experience burnout more often just because we tend to not listen to ourselves as much as other people. We tend to be people pleasers. And so we don't have set boundaries for ourselves and for our energy. I know I've been really mindful about I call it like following my energy. Like if I had a plan to launch something in March, it would have been like this huge mastermind and I had everything set and ready for it. Like it was ready to launch. And I'm just like, I'm not feeling it. I can't show up for the next like six months and do this right now. So I put it on the back burner and I think people are scared to do that. They're like, if I had done, I need to launch it and put it out there. But you really need to check in with yourself and yes. make sure that you're going to be able to show up and <laughs> commit to whatever it is. Like I knew as soon as it was go time, I'm like, I just can't do this for the next six months. I, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> That's so powerful that you did that because that is something that I don't think is talked about enough for introverts. Like that is your superpower. The fact that like your internal world is so loud. Like that's where we live, right? As introverts, we live inside of our internal worlds. Like that is the loudest thing for us. So it's natural for us to want to follow those rhythms. It's natural for us to have like a gut response to everything that happens. But the problem is that our culture, our society, our world, all of that is structured for extroverts and extroverts intentionally seek things outside of themselves to regulate. But like introverts, we don't need that. We have our own sets of regulations that work very well for us. So this is where I think that disconnect starts to happen, where you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And that is the introvert in an extroverted society or in an extroverted economic system. It doesn't work. And that is part of what can lead to burnout so often is that like as an introvert, you're automatically discrediting the cues that you're getting from internally, from that introverted side of you and not listening to them. But like that really is your superpower as an introvert. That's so true. And, and I think we don't tap into it enough. <laughs> like you said, there's so many external things. Like I'm a learner. I love courses. So sometimes I can get overwhelmed with all the information that I, I need to check in with myself again, because I, I'm taking in all this information. And sometimes it doesn't really align with me. I need to make sure that I'm not just taking it in and doing it because so-and-so said to do it. <laughs> Yes, exactly. That internal check-in, like, does this land with me? Does this work for my energy? I love that you had said that you follow your energy. That's such a beautiful way to put it. But yeah, it's that of checking in with your own energy system. Does Is this where my energy is leading me? Yes or no? And it's okay if it's no. I think part of it is normalizing when your energy doesn't match with something, when something isn't a fit for you, not shaming yourself that it doesn't fit, just allowing yourself the acceptance to be like, this isn't a fit right now. It doesn't have to be good or bad. It's just neutral. It's just information. 
I love that. And I love to talk about self-care and how that kind of plays into our ability to prevent or recover from burnout. Because I have to admit, back when I experienced burnout, I was not doing any kind of self-care whatsoever. (laughs) I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. I developed carpal tunnel syndrome because I was making so much jewelry, trying to keep up and just, it was like a losing battle. I could not keep up. And that was just like affecting my mindset as well. Like I need to be doing more and more. And and yeah, I was not taking care of myself at all. So I'd love to talk about self-care and how that plays into it. Oh my gosh. Self-care is huge. And I want to talk about self-care in a way that is different. So I'm excited that you brought this up because I think most people, when we think self-care, we think one of two things, either like the influencery, like swipe my morning routine. You need this green juice smoothie. Like this is self-care. Like, no, no. Again, like as an introvert, we have our own little gut checks of like, I probably need this. Or like, this sounds really good. Those are intuitive hits of telling you what you need, exactly what you need. So follow those. The other thing that we think about when we think self-care is we think basic self, but we think like basic care tasks. That's not self-care, like taking the time to brush your teeth, taking your time to do your hair if you want to, taking the time to make sure that you have a really nourishing breakfast, that you're eating meals throughout the day, that you have healthy snacks, that you're hydrated. We think of these as self-care, but like that's basic care. So basic care has to be handled first and understand that like, this is not a self-care moment, babe. Like this is basic care. Like you're just keeping yourself alive as a human. Please do that. Like no point should you like make yourself feel bad for needing those things. You're a human being that is trying to keep yourself alive and happy. Like do those things. Self-care then is what you do to make life worth living, to make life joyful for you. What are those things? That is self-care. So yes, we have like self-care in all of the realms. Like there's self-care for your emotions, self-care for your body, self-care for your spirit, self-care for all of the different buckets in life. And so it's a matter of finding like what lights you up and what do you need in those areas? So self-care for your body. How are you moving your body? That would be the answer for that one. Is it just going for a walk every day? Are you someone that loves to lift weights? Do you like roller skating? Like it can be anything. And the one that makes you happy to do, that's the self-care for that one. When it comes to emotional self-care, are you taking time for yourself? This is, again, going to come back to like taking those quiet moments for yourself, especially as an introvert. We need that quiet time. We need that time with ourselves. That's emotional self-care as an introvert. So prioritizing that downtime, that time that we get to spend with just us, just me, myself, and I, that's self-care. Psychological or spiritual self-care can be anything that you need there. Like what lights you up to me? A psychological or spiritual self-care as an introvert is creativity and allowing myself to pursue passions that light me up. When I let myself have room for those things in my life, that is a really potent self-care that I practice for myself. Not for money, not because someone expects it for me, just because like it's something that I love. So like hobbies, yes, hobbies are absolutely a psychological and spiritual form of self-care that we need. Yeah, I think for me, it would be painting, which I don't do nearly enough. It's just fun to sit there with a blank canvas and paint. I'm not good at all, but it's just fun. It's just a creative outlet. And that really, like the half an hour that I spend doing it, it's really for me. And I I find that 
the voices in my head are a lot quieter. Like I'm not thinking about what I need to do later today or tomorrow. Yeah. And like how nourishing is that, right? That like you get to give yourself that, but like that's what self-care is. It's what we give to ourselves to be our most joyous and our most genuine and present. I love that so much. I think this is such an important conversation because I mean, I see it so much that online entrepreneurs, especially they just go, go, go in this hustle culture and having to be on every platform every day and create all this content and do all these launches and stuff. It's just so exhausting. And if you go at a hundred miles an hour, you are going to crash and burn at some point if you're not taking these steps and taking these things into account. There's a quote that comes to mind right now. I have no idea where I heard it, but it's sunshine all the time makes a desert which to me is like, if you go, 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 go all the time, like, yeah, you're going to burn out. Like you're meant to rest. You're meant to take those pauses. I did have one question and it just came back to me. So in your experience, do you find that a lot of people who maybe aren't listening to their intuition or their own rhythm and aren't taking care of themselves, do you find that with a lot of people it's They've been taught that because I was just thinking about my mom and how she was always like everyone else came first and she took the best care of everyone else, but not herself. And I think that kind of was ingrained in me (laughs) that other people need to come first and I have to catch myself doing that and make myself a priority, which is not selfish at all. No, it's not at all. And I think this is where we start to get into like generational healing and cultural healing and really making progress by doing individual work that benefits the collective. Because yes, you hit on like a really, really deep thread that this is what underlies burnout is that why is it so often that women are the ones that are burned out? Because that is the statistic that women get burnt out more often, more frequently and more harshly than men. Why is that? Is it because we have these conditionings, because we have generations of women before us where that was the norm, that you didn't get to sit down until everything else in the house was taken care of? Because we got to see like women go, 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 go. And like, think of the Rosie the Riveter that is like the icon of like feminine progress, feminine work. Like, yeah, go get it, girl. Like the boss babe movement now. It's about like women go, 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 go. And you take care of your stuff. You got it. You're a boss. Like never is there a message that like, hey, you're allowed to rest. Yes. (laughs) Like there is something so innately and deeply special about being able to just like take a break. That's definitely not part of the conditioning that any of us were handed. So yeah, I definitely think that is a huge part of the conversation with burnout. Yeah, that's so true. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, and I never thought about that before we started talking today. I'm like, Yeah, I can see how I had that like ingrained in me because that's what I saw and how you have to put everyone else first. You can't take time for yourself until everything's done and everyone else is taken care of. I'm so glad you brought that up too, because healing from burnout and going on burnout recovery, like at least for me, like I got a lot of questions. There was a lot of people in my family that did not understand what I was doing why I was like taking the steps I was taking because for them, it was like, well, you just put your chin up and get back to work. Like, what are you doing? Cause I very much had the same type of like epiphany growing up where I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. 
why did none of you take a break? Why are all of you like your bodies are falling apart or you hate yourself? Like that's a lot of the women in my family. And like, to me, I'm like, you guys have been burnt out for decades. Like, I don't want that for myself. So there's a huge amount of courage that is required to recover from burnout and to prevent it from happening again, because it means that there's likely you have to make a personal choice that is going to be a huge deviation from what you've ever been taught. That's so true. This has been such an amazing conversation. So for anyone listening that wants to connect with you, I know you have a burnout protocols guide. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. And we'll have that link in the show notes for everyone to grab too. Yeah. So the burnout protocols is a little bit more in depth about what I was talking about earlier of starting to take that 10 minutes for yourself and like what that means, why it's so important. And then I have a bunch of ideas. I basically have an idea bank of like, here's the things you can do for your 10 minutes. If you're like, I don't know, just tell me something to do. My brain literally has no brain cells left to think, then I got you. That's all in there. It's a bunch of different activities you can do again, that are very, very simple to walk you through that. And you can find that at healinghustle.co slash burnout. And again, just really simple to get started. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely make sure you grab that. That link will be in the show notes along with all of Ash's other links to check her out, work with her. So how do you typically work with clients? So people come to me through either like one or two ways, either like they're in burnout right now, or they're going on some sort of like journey with themselves or like things have got to be different. Normally it is burnout and they're aware of that and they're ready to kind of jump in. So we go through this initial process of, okay, where's your energy going right now? What are your natural rhythms? And I'd like to say less that I'm a guide and more like I'm accompanying you on your quest. You have the answers and I'm going to help you find them. The other way is I work with healing archetypes. So my whole background is in storytelling and mythological archetypes of healing, which is way different than marketing. When I tell people that they're like, you what? Like, where did that come from? So I use a couple different tools basically to help facilitate a conversation with your subconscious to kind of figure out what archetypes are present right there to tell you like what the actual problem is right now and what are some steps that you can do right now to address that. So it's kind of like, you just need one thing to help you get traction. Those sessions are special in and of themselves. I call them psyche speak sessions. Those are kind of the two different ways that people work with me in recovering from burnout. That's so needed. I know burnout is so huge. There's so many people that don't even realize they're experiencing it. (laughs) And it's so needed. I think this conversation is one that needs to be had more when it comes to building an online business. Even if you're in marketing, like marketing itself, like you experienced is so exhausting. So I love this conversation. I know this is going to help so many people, especially introverts, because I do feel like we tend to get into it a little bit more than extroverts because our energy is very precious and we tend to release it in places that we shouldn't be. And so that can lead to a drained battery very quickly, which can then lead to burnout. So I love this. Thank you so much for sharing everything. It was so great to connect with you and chat with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at theterrorread.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review 
telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.